0: The duelist demands satisfaction. Honor for him is an appetite. This story is about an eccentric kind of hunger. It is a true story and begins in the year that Napoleon Bonaparte became ruler of France. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Wretched Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person most likely to duel somebody 30 times instead of going to therapy, Alex Her- Perkins. Perk, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm well. Uh, you're bang on with that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's all I can think about. When watching this movie. like Men will literally duel each other instead of uh, seeking professional help. Yep. Uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. This is the podcast where every Perk and I review a movie that's connected to the last one we watched. Feel like our show we post pretty much every Friday on podcast services as well as YouTube. You'll give us a follow on uh, TikTok as well. Uh, but last week we watched Thelma and Louise, and we followed Harvey Keitel... So this week's movie, The Duelists. Perk how do you draw it for us.
1: Yeah, all right. So The Duelist is a 19, uh sorry nineteen seventy seven joint directed by Ridley Scott, uh, starring Keith Carradine and Harvey Keitel, uh, about two guys who like have a scuffle and then duel for the rest of their lives, pretty much. A mm-hmm. um, couple fun facts: uh, Ridley Scott. Uh, directed somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 commercials uh, (laughs) before before he realized no one was going to approach him about a film. (laughs) Uh, So he decided uh, he would take the lead on that, Uh, had no money, so he grabbed a a story that's public domain uh, and wrote the script himself or uh, commissioned the script. Mm. uh and they shot everything on location there were no sets because once again financial yeah. uh, restraints um and then i i don't know this the scene stuck out to me and i i kind of understand why now but during the scene where dubert uh proposes to his th- then wife or then mm-hmm. girlfriend i suppose
0: their arranged marriage thing yeah
1: yeah where uh, she's laughing, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a, a goofy scene. Uh, it was not scripted like that. One of the horses had a massive erection.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I think it worked. I think it added some more, like, humanity I, to the scene I, of her just kind of laughing about it. I don't know. That scene st- struck me like a blooper. I'm like, they just <laughs> they, they can't control these horses. They're struggling. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the horse, like keeping to bother him. Yeah. Was funny. But I kind of liked it. It felt more real. Like that would that could yeah, actually I, happen. You know, it's like a trying to propose and this horse won't stop bugging me, you know? Um I also saw in the tribute that's his actual that was his actual girlfriend at the time. Um, oh nice. Who played that that character. I think she like she was already on set because she was hanging out with them and he's like, oh she could be at it. And they're like, okay. <laughs> um I'll I'll go first on on the duelist. I thought this movie was neat. It's a, a neat little movie. Um not a, not a lot of meat in the bone here. It's a pretty simple story about just yeah, those two guys dueling uh, just for kind of no reason. And then it eventually you know gets resolved. Uh, but I, I liked it. You know, I think it's it's a cool idea for a story. I think we get to see like an interesting passage of time. And I didn't really care too much about either character. I didn't really care about like the love interests and the side stuff. But the fights were fun to watch. And I thought it was just, yeah, it was a neat little movie.
1: Uh, yeah, I thought it was like just so outstandingly OK. Yeah. <laughs> um and like this is a directorial debut so obviously not everything's going to be perfect but the yeah, it has it has it certainly has high points but it also has low points and like I'm obviously more of a critical person sometimes but there there were just a lot of nits to pick at
0: mm-hmm, in this one.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh but I mean like I gave it like a I don't know like a half hearted thumbs up. Like it, it's not bad. Yeah. But it, it's just like painfully okay.
0: That's that's kind of where I sit on it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there are like cool things in it. Like I, I like his doctor friend. Um, and I like how they're kinda talking about it and like he's like, Well, if you want to avoid it, there's like three things you can do. One, don't be in the same place as him, two, like outrank him, and three, if there's a war going on, yeah, you, you know, it would be unwise to fight each other when there's like an active enemy and then i just love like we get like the time skip and it's like fuck we're in the same place and fuck we're the same rank like they keep going up at the same level at the same like pace and it's like god damn it like <laughs> it's like we're gonna fight now like i think that's really funny and then also the like um legend of their duel kind of spreads and people are like want to come watch they want to bet on it. it's like oh, i guess we're doing it on a horse on horses this time you know cause just to kind of raise the stakes like i think that's also kind of comedic like, this movies like kind of Funny. Like Yeah, there there's definitely humor in there. The the whole nature of it is, is kind of just comedic, even though like either of them could die at any point doing it, right? Um but yeah, like I said, I, I don't really care about any of like the side stuff, like the love interests or anything else. Like it's that's whatever. But um just like the nature of the duel not being able to end and it keep escalating and, and all that, I, I found pretty entertaining.
1: Yeah, I I thought that the <clears throat> the dual parts were uh, d- definitely cool to watch and fun. Uh, and it felt like the movie was kind of hanging on for dear life in between. Yeah. Like I just, <laughs> yeah. I could not be bothered to care. Uh, mm-hmm. None of the love interests are especially compelling. Um, the, like the main characters themselves, I think have almost nothing to them. And I mean, I mean, not saying like anyone was bad, but I I thought uh, Keith Carradine didn't wow me. I thought he just kind of seemed fairly, I don't know, he was there. There's not mm-hmm. a lot he necessarily had to do from an acting rage standpoint, just because his character doesn't really have anything to him. And the, the opposing character also is just like, he's a fiery gambler. That's what we know. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they fight. And neither of them has motivation. And, Nobody knows that, which I think is cool, but
0: mm-hmm. the, it's just it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't like know. the futility of it all is kind of the point, though, right? Yeah, it's like about how stupid like pride and honor is. Um, and it yeah, the relationship it, again. There's not a lot there, but I think it is still interesting. Of like, is it Dubert like letting him getting him off like the execution list? You know? Yeah. Even though he is the one that kind of wants this to end, he's still like he knows that he cares so much. I tell so much my honor that he's like, well, I'll get you out of this and we'll probably fight again someday. You know, like, um, or even like they have that moment in Russia where they can kind of have to team up to fight against some enemies. I remember like what the conflict was, but you know, they shoot the guys and it's like, ah, pistols next time, huh? Like as much as he wants it to end, he's still kind of like, they're both in it and they both know they can't really break out of it. Cause like this unwritten rule of like, you just have to do it. Cause it's just like a, a men thing. But like, you look at it from any third person view, and it's like this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, but that's kind mean, of the point.
1: It, yeah, it's obviously it's a different time and customs are different. But yeah, it, it all it all seems like why why don't you just not? I, mm-hmm. cause, well, because you're a gentleman, of course, and I, I get it. But yeah, it, it all seems kind of just stupid. <laughs> and that yeah. I mean that is the point for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, one other just little detail I liked Cause similar to like the horse thing is with bugging him as I think it's a third duel. I mean, second, the thing the second one, I don't know, but they, they're on the field and they're getting ready to go. And then do bears like, hold on. He has to sneeze. <laughs> he's like, all right, let's get back. Like, the, the, those little things add a lot of just humanity and realism to it. And there's not a lot of it, but I, there's a little stuff like that. I think adds to this movie quite a bit.
1: Well, I see. Yeah. So that was their second duel. Um, I suppose that is su- supposed to suggest that he's sick and not at full capacity or something. Oh, I didn't
0: get that. I just felt like, oh, he's okay. had a sneeze.
1: Well that I I don't know. The the way he was kinda acting that scene made me think he was like trying to look sick, but mm. um maybe it was just yeah, just simply a sneeze, I guess. Um Yeah, I, I uh I think there are, you're right. I think there are a lot of like strong little points like that. Um the biggest strength for me is the uh, shot composition and cinematography. Yeah. Uh, there. So I, this is like Kubrick does this kind of thing too. But there were a lot of um static cams, and when there's a static cam, it almost like every time they they use that, it almost feels like this is a painting. You know, I I think that yeah they really emphasize the beauty, and they even have like oftentimes the characters will be like paused, like you know in ready to duel and, and yep. all that. and It's like, Oh, this is really cool. This it's so it's very artistic. It makes it kind of feel like a painting is going on.
0: Yeah. Especially the, the last shot of the movie too is,
1: Oh, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It's just re- really, well, really well done from a visual standpoint. Like that, I think that's uh, really Scott's like biggest win out of this movie is it's like clearly he knows how to, how to put a shot together.
0: Right. Right. I, I kind of thought, Kaitel was going to jump off the cliff at the end. Did you get any of that vibe?
1: No. Um, I, I didn't really know what was going to happen because I, I I honestly the, when they did the when we see Farrow walking away and then they cut back and they show you what happened. Mm-hmm. I almost kind of wish they didn't do that. Mm. Just kind of left it more up in the air but it it, it puts a It puts more of a finality to things that they did. So, Um, but yeah, I I didn't think he was going to jump or anything. I uh, I kind of just like him looking off into the sunset as like the final.
0: Yeah, final shot. I I thought maybe like he's just like, well, I have nothing left to live for. But that'd be that'd be pretty dark. And it's like you know, this is also based on a true story, and that's that's basically what happened. Is (laughs) it got to the point where it's like, bro. Fucking stop! Like, leave me yeah. alone. Like, <laughs> you know we've done this too much. I've you know because I think it was it was Faroq instigating the whole time because he's like you dishonored me. You have to, and we never kill each other. So we have to keep doing this, and uh, Dubert's like, you know what? We fought enough. I could have killed you. I'm choosing not to kill you. You're done. You know. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. Go there's
1: ahead. A, another thing I really liked was, and this is more more used towards the like earlier duels, but uh, Mm -hmm. specifically the horseback duel, the, the editing choice where he like throws in just really short clips of flashbacks. I really like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially when it's like, it's not like, it it is just like a little flash. It's not a whole interlaid scene. It's just like a quick flash. I thought that was really powerful. And I'm uh, kind of bummed that it, Seemed to go away after that one. I don't know if maybe yeah. he just got his groove back or something, but like, I, I liked how the, like the first few, it's kind of him building to like, Oh, this surely ends in my death this time. And mm-hmm. but he mm-hmm. kind of gets over that. And he's like, whatever I'm, I'm better now, I guess. But
0: yeah, no, you really I felt really the fear that. in that. The, the yeah, course I, one. I, I
1: love the way that that, like that scene was put together with, you can see his hand shaking when he's going for his sword and, and all these flashbacks showing the the split in his mind. And, yeah, I thought that was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking about is like there's this plot thread at the end about like Fro being like a Napoleon man and then Napoleon goes down, so he's that's where he seems he's gonna get executed, and then uh Dubert is like becomes like a royalist. And part of me wish that was more fleshed out, and that could have been another like used as as another kind of way for them to have, be in conflict another part of me is like just take all of it out <laughs> i just really don't care <laughs> it's like i feel like this movie could have just been a dual time skip dual time skip dual and then we get to the end like without anything else um but that probably would have been a 45 minute movie um, yeah that
1: i feel like it's it's tough because you need to stretch it out like it, it's it's the right length it, it doesn't feel like yeah. it, i mean i was a little bored at times but it doesn't feel too short or too long necessarily I. uh but yeah, if it were just skipping between duels, that would make like a really good short film, maybe. Yeah. Which maybe yeah. is what this should have been. Because yeah. if you're gonna spend all that time in between on character moments, you kinda gotta have characters. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cause like yeah, the, the true story is I mentioned in the intro, but they thought they fought like 30 times. Like it was insane. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> um, it's it's crazy. And it's like so they could have done a lot more if they wanted to, but um, yeah, I, I think this is like, like you said, like a pretty solid debut from Ridley Scott. And especially in the shot composition department, it shows like, OK, this guy's got some skill, you know, um, I don't know. I'm assuming this led to bigger and better things. This was a, a good jumping off point for him. But, yeah, for sure. Um, um,
1: yeah. A couple of like, like a little. Uh, oh, there was also the one that a line I really, really liked, um, mm. which I, I wrote down because I liked it so much. It's when. uh Uh, I believe it's, yeah, it's Faro says I once knew a man who was stabbed by his wife out of surprise. And, uh, and uh, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I don't remember the woman's character. Yeah. I don't remember uh, her Laura.
0: Her name's Laura. Laura.
1: That's right. Um, She says, I once knew a woman beaten to death by her, her husband. I don't think she was surprised at all.
0: Yeah. And it's like, yeah.
1: Oh, damn. That's, that's Mm -hmm. such a good line. And it, I, I mean there's like similar lines going around today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also I, I know that line as well. That was great. Yeah. I, I didn't the, really care about why it was like the context of it all. I'm like, what is she doing exactly? Like she going to get a look at him because she's worried about yeah, dying. I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was a good line for sure.
1: There's like one big weird like sore thumb stuck out thing for me, which is actually okay. a, a thing in another movie that we watched this week uh, as a bonus review. Mm-hmm. Um, the accents thing throws me off. Yeah. It pulls me out of it <laughs> where the, they don't have any characters do accents other than their natural tongue, which I, you know what? Fair enough. It's a choice to make, but, and I, I don't know, cause you can't, you're not going to make the movie in French. Are you uh, there's clearly, I think one, French actor who like, you can tell that she has a French accent or maybe mm-hmm. she's putting one on, but I don't know why she would be putting one on if no one else was, but it's just, it, it kind of throws you a lot of times. Cause it's like what this dude's just talking in like a straight American accent. Um, while like wearing, like it's, it's almost uh, oftentimes I almost forget like that. This is in France because so much of the cast have British accents. And a few have American, uh, the point that it stuck out the most is when they have to have a line of dialogue to explain that one woman is his sister because she has a British accent and he has an American accent. And so they have to have a line of dialogue explaining that that's his sister Yeah, because it, it, it almost feels like you're having to do too much to like justify this choice. I think maybe just cast French actors. With what budget though? You know, that's the thing. It's that's like, a, and no, that's a good point. Yeah. And I, I don't know where like Harvey Keitel and, and Keith Carradine were along in their careers at this point. This mm-hmm. is obviously, this is a, a 1977. So it's a long time ago, but um, it's just, it, it's weird because the idea of a movie is to be able to kind of throw yourself into a world. And every time there's like a British guy talking to an American guy, in the French barracks, it's like mm-hmm. it kind of pulls you out of it a little bit. I don't know. Right.
0: Right. No, yeah, I, I hear you. I that stuff doesn't bother me that much, but like I understand what you're saying. And I think if this movie was made now, everyone would have either it'd be in French or people would have French accents just to make things fit more in, in the world and stuff. Um,
1: and then the the only other thing I wanted to mention is that yeah. um, from a nitpick standpoint, which I know nitpicks are dumb, but it's it kind of pulls you out of it sometimes. The, I don't like narration when it's done like this. Like mm. I feel like a lot of the narration in this movie could almost be done with like a title card. Mm. Uh, and instead of just having like some random American guy. Well, I don't even know who did the narration. But some random American guy just talks about what happened and sets yeah. it up. And then
0: I, I i kind of liked it, but I wish there were okay. more or none. Right. I think sure. there was like an opening one. There's one or two in the middle. And then it kind of falls off. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. um, And then. We're given during the, the fight at the ruin. We're yeah. given uh, Dubert's inner monologue, which has never been done throughout the rest of the film. Like this is the first scene where he like starts inner monologuing and we can hear it. It's just like weird. We've we've never had this before. It almost feels like felt the need to kind of. Add some more, but you didn't have like a, a decent mechanic in the scene to do so. So it kind of was like, wait, why why all of a
0: sudden can we hear his thoughts? Like did, I, I don't know. Did we get inner monologue, or was that just a flashback of what had happened?
1: No, I, I'm pretty sure that was uh, while they were walking around, like while they were what, you know, shuffling were the around. Lines? The I, don't, I,
0: don't, I remember the lines of what he was I saying. I don't remember either. I mean yeah. right yeah, I yeah, we, I'm, we can I'm
1: go hash it out i, I honestly don't care too i I might be wrong, yeah, that's fair,
0: but, yeah, um, um I will say just a narrative thing i I did like the opening of this movie. i was, I'll read the quote here. uh, the duelist demands satisfaction. honor for him is an appetite. The story is about an eccentric kind of hunger. It's a true story, and begins in the year that Napoleon Bonaparte became ruler of France uh i I, I don't know I think it's a nice way to sort of kind of set up the story and kind of get you I
1: agree, that's fair. World that that was a title card
0: um, i i think i think was the narrator that? says it was on okay, it was a was title a, card and the narrator and said narration, it narration right okay yeah. F- fair enough yeah but yeah i think there was there was definitely a narrator point in the middle when they were like jumping to rush or whatever and it's like this happened and this or whatever yeah um, but yeah, if if, it, if this is a short film where we get a dual time skip dual time skip with a narrator in between each one i, I would have liked that quite a bit i think that could have been a i really actually, cool watch. I,
1: I don't think it like I think it's much better if you do. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz no, none of the female characters are especially intriguing. They kind of just exist as like a way so that the character doesn't have to say their own thoughts out loud. just some mm-hmm. something to bounce mm-hmm. lines off of. Yeah. What what it, there was another movie recently that we watched that I felt like I know. Uh, I T- Top Gun I've, Maverick. I've, in Top Sorry, in Top Gun <laughs> Maverick, like the the woman they introduce as the you know the bartender and love interest for Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. she doesn't contribute a lot to the story. She's just kind of there so that Tom Cruise can say his thoughts out loud and it not
0: be weird. Right. I um, mean that's that's one of like the the rules of like script writing. I feel like it's like you kind of need either you do inner dialogue inner monologue, which no one does because it's no. not, not great, or you have to come up with someone for your character to talk to. That's why we have all those dumb sidekicks in Disney. (laughs) Or you could do both, like in this movie. Yeah, at the very end, I'll I'll die on on that
1: hill. Um, Yeah, you're right. Like all the talking Disney animal sidekicks.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, I mean that's the duelist. As far as recommendations, I don't really have any. I, I I would. I don't know if I'd recommend this movie. I'd say if you're doing a Ridley Scott, you know, deep dive, this is not. It's not like a bad one. You know, it's like definitely watch this one. No, yeah, like
1: we we talked. There's a lot of good and and a lot of not so good, but it's like I, worth the price of admission, and it's a short yeah.
0: movie. It's not, yeah. It's not going to take too much of your time. You could also just like watch the fights on YouTube <laughs> if you want to. Yeah. Um, oh, I also sorry, I also didn't mention,
1: but I didn't love all the shaky cam in like the first duel.
0: Mm, it's just like first duel between them two, or the very first duel of the movie. I don't remember. I just remember the first, one, of, the first one of them, them had a him, lot of shaky. Kick. Yeah, I think it's, it's when they first fight, like in that okay. courtyard. Yeah, I, I, it, I didn't like that either. Uh,
1: it's just there's nothing. I did like the
0: opening duel of, of Harvey Ketel killing the mayor's son or whatever. Yeah, that was a nice choreography. It's a very
1: effective way to start the the story for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you have any recommendations?
1: We'll talk about one later that I think is like a similar for time period, I guess. But it's. Yeah. No, no, not really. Uh it's it structurally it's very unique. Uh I, yeah. I like I like a lot of the way that the structure and the story is kind of set up. Um for that reason, there there's not a lot similar that I can recommend.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. That is our review of the duelists. And uh stay tuned my reveal watching next week. But as perk into that, we got a bonus review. We actually have a lot of bonus reviews this week. Uh so we're gonna jump right in. Perk. Talk to me about the holdovers first. Let's get that one out of the way because I've already talked about uh, it.
1: The holdovers, Jacob has already mentioned it on the pod because he saw it. Uh, It's just it's delightful. It's a story about a uh, shut in like solo solitary professor uh, who has to get stuck spending the winter holidays at the boarding school with one unlucky student and, uh, the cook who's mourning her son and it, Oh, it just, it feels like a warm blanket. It's just such a wonderful movie and it has so much heart, like overflowing with heart. It's so good to watch. So cathartic. Uh, uh, Like this is probably, I I mean, probably it's, it's gotta be in my top five, like Christmas holiday movies of all time. Mm. Uh, And it yeah, it takes place in the 70s. I saw it with my folks and they were like, wow, it's like incredible how well this was set for the 70s. Like it's it's so spot on to the time. Um, And I mean, I wasn't there in the 70s, but I felt very in the (laughs)
0: moment. Yeah, Um, it really draws you in.
1: Yes. And you absolutely care about all the characters. There are so many beautiful Mm -hmm. emotional moments that like I, I was tearing up. Um, there's one scene in particular, uh, that, uh, was hit maybe a little too close to home for my mom that I didn't know about, Mm -hmm. um, before we went in, but just a, another really just heart tugging scene. That's just so well done. Like this is going to end up near the top of my like movies of the year list for sure. Um, can't recommend it enough. Like everybody, please go see it in a theater. Please support uh, this movie so that we get more like it.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. It's a great Christmas movie and highly recommend everybody. Um, One thing I think it's interesting is like, I agree with you. It feels like a warm hug, but it's funny that it feels like that despite how much yelling and conflict there is. I know, but it's so interesting. And like, yeah, I, I absolutely just adore the movie and I want everybody to see it. Um, Have you seen any other Alexander Payne movies? Mm, I don't think so.
1: I will uh, super awkwardly check right in the middle of our podcast.
0: Before this movie came out, I I heard a lot of just a lot of people will kind of love him or hate him kind of a thing. uh, Or like he can be pretty mixed on his stuff. Um, Sure. But watching this, I'm like, I mean, this is outstanding. (laughs) I I wouldn't have guessed that this uh, director was like, I don't know, not everyone loved him. Uh, It was just outstanding. I
1: believe I've seen The Descendants, Okay. um, which I quite liked. It's another like just kind of easy to watch fun movie.
0: That's Clooney, right?
1: Yes. I remember him running around in flip flops. Flip flops is very funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that that would be the only other uh, pain movie I've seen. But I like now I want to go watch more. Like I know yeah. Nebraska was the best picture nom and I better go yeah. check that out.
0: Yeah, I think Sideways is the one we did with um Giamatti. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean yeah, if you're if your family doesn't mind uh, harsh language, I think this is a great Christmas family movie to go watch. Uh maybe with you don't got any young kids. Um Yeah, I like Yeah. If you yeah, if you're in a family that's got older children
1: Especially if they're nerds who like movies, like yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie for the holiday for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll get my little quick bonus review as well. And then we'll get into the big stuff. Um, watched legally blonde with my roommates uh, recently. And I haven't seen it forever. I watched it when I was a kid. Um, movie still fun. It, it wasn't as fun as I was hoping on the rewatch. Like it's still a good time. And like, there's a lot of just really goofy stuff in it. And um <laughs> the way that movie treats the the gay community, I was like, yeah, this is not age well. Um, but on the whole, it's a good time. Reese Witherspoon's great, you know. I don't She's think it's, fantastic. Teddy Buddy That Legally Blonde is is fun. So uh, there's that. But Perk, let's get into the big stuff. Let's go chronologically. All right, let's let's do that. So Perk and I saw three movies together this last week, which is unprecedented. It was, was kind of cute. Yeah, it was a great time. Um, <laughs> first one was Chevalier. So this is if you remember. If you're a fan of the podcast, we did this uh, a few months ago where there's a theater in Minneapolis that shows a movie the first Thursday every month for pretty cheap. Um, and they often highlight uh, kind of stories from um, less represented communities. And uh, Chevalier uh, takes place around the same time as the Duelists, um, uh, Napoleon or not, not Napoleon. or Yes, Napoleon was this after. is
1: this is pre Napoleonic
0: France, Marie Antoinette era. Um, it's about a Chevalier who um, kind of to prominence due to his, you know, fencing and uh, violin and just musical skills. Uh, but he's black and there's still a lot of discrimination at the time. Um, it's kind of just his, his story. Um,
1: yeah. He's the child of a, a slave and, and her slave master. And uh, his father brings him to France at a, uh, at a very young age and puts him in a, um pretty high school and because he has a gift uh with with the violin and he uh thrives from there and turns into a, a brilliant violinist and and fencer and um composer
0: yeah and his uh, his name is joseph bolignon i believe is how you pronounce it um perk what do you think of chevalier i didn't like it Um,
1: and I, I feel bad that I didn't like it because there are some really important themes, uh, and the acting is quite good. Um, I think the, the lead actor, uh, Kelvin, is it Washington? I'm sorry. uh,
0: Kelvin Harrison Jr.
1: Kelvin, Kelvin Harrison Jr. And, uh, Samara Weaving. You got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think they're both great. I think they really add, uh, they add a lot with their performance. Um, There's just, it's troublesome because not a lot, not a lot is learned. No, not a lot is known about this man because Mm -hmm. a a lot of that history was erased. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of room for the storytellers to kind of elaborate with, you know, what they see fit. And I think in a lot of those ways, they kind of go exactly the way that, I assumed they would go. It it, it ends up being an, a pretty fairly predictable movie. Um it starts off with uh the the very first scene is uh Joseph at a Mozart concert, going up on stage and out dueling Mozart on a violin, um which is a a cool scene because you know he just dunks on Mozart and Mozart's like, Who the hell is this guy? and Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, didn't happen. You know, they, they probably, they were peers, so they may, they may have knew each other, they may have had a relationship. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this interruption at a performance didn't happen. It's actually, it's kind of a cool fact, but that scene is modeled after uh, a real life occurrence where Jimi Hendrix went up on the stage at an Eric Clapton concert and played him off the stage which yeah. I think that's a, a cool tip of the cap, but it's, it's very weird to kind of throw into this movie. I, I don't know. I'm always kind of a stickler for accuracy. I don't know. That's not always true, but um, it felt, it felt a little bit contrived. It's like, yeah, yeah he's going to go up there and he's going to beat Mozart. And I, I think another part of the movie that I didn't love is uh, the main character is kind of peerless. Like he he doesn't really. He he struggles against society, but he is, you know, very strong in everything. He's just mm. kind of beaten down by the system, which is very fair. But yeah. for that reason, he doesn't really have too much of an arc outside of there is an arc with him and his mother where he goes back to his roots. But that's like almost like the c plot.
0: It's barely, um, and it's barely in there right at the end. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And it, there, it's a really nice scene when he goes back, you know, down into the the. Um, like Caribbean village and, you know, plays mm-hmm. the, plays the hand drum with, with everybody. And mm-hmm. it, it's a good scene, but it's like, yeah, this is, this is how this was going to go. As soon as his mother arrived in France, we knew that the answer was to go back yeah. to his roots. Yeah. Um, And then in his, his final performance uh, in the movie, he plays the song that his mother hummed to him, which I, I knew that was going to happen. The second yeah. she hummed the song. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like the movie has a lot of good messages. Sorry to just eat up all the airspace. But movie <laughs> has run. a lot of good messages and a lot of good themes. Um, it's just it feels very paint by paint by numbers, and yeah. th- that it I didn't really sell me. Oh, and yeah. th- this is what I was referring to earlier when I talked about how it can feel weird when they make the decision to not do accents um, because Calvin Harrison Jr. Uh, he is an American man who does like almost like a half hearted British accent at times. And most of the actors are British. Uh, I don't think they're, I I mean, I'm sure there are, but I can't think of any like obvious French accents that we ran into over the course of the film. So, and they're talking about going to London and it's weird because with just the interactions between all the characters, it almost feels like we are in London.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of yeah. talk of being a Frenchman and all that. And it's kind of yeah. hard to get in there. Uh, yeah, I'm in a rant, very similar place. Rant over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a very similar place as you. Um, I think if I can praise one thing, I really love the editing in this movie. Um, there's a, a duel that happens that I think is so efficiently edited. And it's like but people need to do this more. Um, I won't spoil it, but I, that scene was just like. Freaking awesome! <laughs> it was it was it, really well done. I agree. There were a lot uh, of good editing moments. Yeah, so I, I want to give you know the Flower Sea editor on that. I think that was it was very well edited, and the music is cool to hear. Right, there's some really cool songs and stuff because just violins are cool. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Like this movie is so predictable and therefore just not surprising and just kind of boring, and that's really unfortunate because I think this this figure is very important and it should be, you know, taught in schools and people should know about him. Um, but just as a film. It's just not as compelling as I would have liked, because like you said, you just kind of know everything's going to happen. And you're just like, OK, see, I I won't go on too long because you kind of I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, I wish it was, yeah, a bit more surprising, a bit more. I don't know, Yeah, it's compelling, I guess, but. um, And it. Yeah. I'd
1: be remiss not to mention that, you know, we saw this in a fairly full theater. And the crowd was really involved. the The crowd was having a good time. And well, at the
0: beginning they were. I don't know if they were still
1: well, they, they were involved some, at the end. There, I, I could feel
0: some energy towards the end when
1: they were getting okay. in, getting in some, uh, getting in some good moments towards the end. Yeah, and I, I feel like a lot more people in there enjoyed the movie than we did, and that's good because the like, if the more people enjoy this movie, the better because it's a it's a message that should get out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the thing where I wonder about sometimes, Perk, where it's like, have we watched too many movies where it's like sometimes a movie is kind of like this, where it's kind of peep I never it's. Yeah, be I liked mean, it more if we'd seen less movies, because, you know,
1: if this. Yeah, <laughs> if this was the first the first movie of this kind of pattern that I had seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think I would be much more compelled. But it unfortunately, it, it kind of fits just so, so heavily into certain tropes.
0: Yeah, because it's a satisfying pattern. Mm-hmm. But it's just not interesting anymore because we've just, just seen it a lot.
1: Yeah, we we um, know
0: how it's gonna go. He's gonna
1: excel. He's gonna be set back. Like he's gonna have to fight. He's gonna have to go back to
0: his roots, and he's and gonna the come out on top The movie what's gonna, gonna be used at the end. Like, yeah, we've just yeah, yeah, seen a lot of it. So yeah, uh, yeah. I wish I liked it more, but it's not. It's not a bad movie. It's it's a fine. No, it's not bad at movie. all. Yep. Um, well, the next one we watched together, Perk, was *The Boy and the Heron*, the new uh, Miyazaki movie, which I wanted to mention. I believe the Japanese name is *How Do You Live*, uh, which is in the movie as a little Easter egg. Um, and I, I've heard people say like they wish the American name was also *How Do You Live* because that's more fitting. Um, but Perk, talk to me about *The Boy and the Heron*. What'd you think of it? So on the on what you just mentioned. um,
1: the like the head of Ghibli picked the name for the English version.
0: Oh, really? Which, interesting. Yeah,
1: which uh, one of the heads? Um, one of Miyazaki's like uh, peers at Ghibli. Mm. Yeah, which yeah, I agree. I think how how do how do you live is a more interesting name, but mm-hmm. you know we've less marketable,
0: I guess, for American yeah, audiences. So. Yeah,
1: they you know try to dumb it down for us, Indian <laughs> Americans. Which fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so I I know we differ on this one a little bit, but I loved it. I mm-hmm. this full marks for me, one of my favorites of the year. Uh it feels just so summative uh of like the other Ghibli movies I've seen. There are maybe that could be a negative for some people, but there are a lot of things kind of brought in from his previous work. There's a lot of Spirited Away in this, which I love. Really, yeah. Um you know, Spirited Away. I like this doesn't unseat Spirited Away for me, but it's it's way up there. Uh, I just, I had such a wonderful time with this movie The just beautiful settings, the gorgeous animation, um, the POV character who kind of seems to be a stand in of like Miyazaki himself. Um, I loved his relationship with his mom, the way his relationship develops with his aunt, even if it, you know, it was maybe not as fleshed out as it could have been um, his relationship with the bird. I, I I don't know. It's hard to explain. I can't be too like analytical about it, but this is just a movie that really resonated with me uh, personally. And I'm going to go see it again um, Mm. for sure, just because I I know I have friends who want to see it. So I'll absolutely take the opportunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I wanted to like this movie more, but I just had a hard time connecting with it. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's just a not for me movie. Um, as I time before with me and Miyazaki, I feel like he, I don't know. I feel like I just don't get it <laughs> with some of his movies. And I feel kind of dumb because I see so many people talk about how much they connect with it or they get it. Like I was reading Letterboxd reviews, of boy in the Heron, And, you know, I, I knew it beforehand too, like this movie is kind of Miyazaki dealing with retirement and kind of saying goodbye to his career and all that. And I reading these reviews people have been like, Oh, it's so obvious that he's doing this or, you know, it's an allegory for this. And I'm just like, I, I just didn't see it like <laughs> if you, you know, thinking back to some of the plot points and explaining it a little bit. I'm like, yeah, but I just I don't know. I I think talking about what we we're saying earlier where often you have to have two characters. So you have a dialogue between them and you can get understand how a character what they're thinking and what they want to do. I wish there was more dialogue in this movie. I wish there was more conversations between Mahito and um, other characters. I feel like there's a lot of quiet moments which are like beautiful like there's some just gorgeous gorgeous um scenes in this um but i kind of wanted more of, of mahito and kind of all of the supporting cast and just conversations about feelings i feel like a lot of the conversation at the end were just kind of like we have to do this we have to go get this we have to go to this location and not really um how pe- characters are feeling um and i think this is mizaki style right and and for me it's just i just don't always connect with it it kind of feels like it's always going kind to of feel like a dream sometimes where events, fantastical events happen and they can feel kind of sudden at times of, Oh, then this suddenly happens. But with a dream, like you kind of you're in it and things are kind of crazy, but there, you feel like there was a message to it. And to me, that felt like that, but I didn't get the message and I, I wish I had, and maybe, I don't know, maybe if I had watched the, the sub, it would have been easier. I don't know, but just cause I'm so, I watched a bunch of anime. Maybe it would have been easier for me to get it with that way. But um, I think to praise, like I think the soundtrack is awesome. Like it, it is, is so really beautiful. well done. I agree. Just
1: it, I, I felt the same way about um, spirited away. There's just a lot of like quiet
0: piano moments yeah. that are just kind really of like breath beautiful. of the wild vibes. Yes. yes. If you played that uh, any listeners, but yeah, I loved, loved, loved the, the soundtrack. Um, and then yeah, it's just gorgeous. I mean, it's it's goes without saying with Ghibli at this point, but the fire, anything, any scene with fire in this movie, I think was just they made fantastic decisions on how they wanted to depict that, and they really morph the shapes and it, like you really felt kind of the fear of fire and all that. Like that was really really cool. Um, so yeah, like technically, of course, the movie is outstanding. It just I just had a hard time uh, connecting with it, unfortunately.
1: Fair enough. I like I feel like Miyazaki's words. Works are very personal. Yeah. Uh, I, I know a lot of people who absolutely love Howl's Moving Castle, and neither of us were really super on board with that one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was just, like, part of it is I, I was so entranced by Spirited Away that I saw mm-hmm. so much of that in this movie that it uh
0: just really struck a chord. Right, right, for sure. And yeah, Spirited Away, I, I enjoy, because I, I think I was able to connect with more, because that's about... Kind of going to a new place, trying a new thing, trying to start a new life. Um, whereas I think this one is trying to be kind of more like similar, but you're trying of giving something up. And um, in my personal life, I maybe I just haven't gotten through that to the same extent um, to the point where I could connect with it. I don't know. But um, yeah, not a bad movie, obviously. Just not not for me. But fair um, enough. last one we watched, Perk Godzilla yes. minus one, which I had to drag you to. You're trying to trying to dodge me on this movie. I so the backstory here, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Godzilla minus one kind of popped up out of nowhere into mm-hmm. the zeitgeist in the last couple of weeks, uh, and everyone's rapidly singing its praises. Uh, and so, like, it's something where I like, yeah, I would I would take a look in that direction, but I like I probably wouldn't have gone and seen it in the theater if you hadn't drugged me to it. <laughs> and honestly, if I hadn't, if I had even other options, like there are some movies out there that I need to see, like dream scenario, I should go see killers of a flower moon, but that's a commitment mm-hmm. um, and poor things, which turns out is not out yet. But, um, yeah, you, you, uh, you pulled me into this one and, uh, I, uh, I can't say I was disappointed.
0: Yeah, I I can go first on this one. I freaking love this movie. <laughs> I it's so funny. We saw we saw an anime before this. We watched this. I thought this was way more anime and just energy and plot structure and characters. Um, so I feel like I was able to connect with it a lot more. I don't want to spoil anything, but I just want to set up. It's the opening. It's an opening scene. Like the main character as a kamikaze pilot who who fled his duty. I think is so fascinating as a character and the way. He progresses and the things he has to deal with in this movie, I think, are just so interesting to watch and so tragic. And this movie is like not even about Godzilla. Like it's it, it was called Godzilla minus one, but it's not about him at all. And I was I was so invested in the characters. I was kind of frustrated when we got to an action scene because I'm like, I want to go back to the characters. Like, I don't care about Godzilla. But then Godzilla comes on screen and he is so terrifying. Oh like, yeah, it's it's so well done. It, like I've not been afraid of Godzilla in forever because he's become kind of a meme at this point with the modern American movies, and he's he's a hero now. And all that, like, but Godzilla is absolutely terrifying in this film. And there's again, don't want to spoil it, but there's this the first time he uses his atomic breath, bro. Oh my god, <laughs> like holy shit! Like this it, movie is just insane.
1: The first time he uses his ultra laser is like, at least for this year, second only to the bomb Oppenheimer like that. Yeah. That's the only thing that is even in the conversation. Oh boy. The way that they do that scene, the way that the so- sound design works, the way that like kind of the audio cuts out and the bam, like, Oh, it's so, it is it's amazing. so well done.
0: And guy, I don't know if you saw this, but the budget for this movie, did you see this? No, I didn't, but I, what, what is it? 15 million dollars you're joking (laughs) it is 15 million dollars all right (laughs) like i get insane i get you don't have
1: any big name actors you have to pay but there is a ton of like cg that had to be done for this and it it all looks a lot better it than some good. of the
0: recent schlock that Marvel's putting out there. Like, Yeah, I, I wonder if some of it was practical because, like, like, his head kind of looks a little practical. Godzilla's head a little bit. I don't know. But, yeah, like $15 million for this movie? Like, that's incredible. That and is like, nonsense. Wow. What a,
1: what a like, like, perfect execution of your budget.
0: Yeah. If, yeah. Because that, oh, and maybe but, it is some puppetry. If it is, it's, like, perfect. It's so well yeah. done. Yeah, and all that is to say, I don't even like I barely care about Godzilla. <laughs> like I was so invested in this main character and his his friends and his family and everything that happens, like yeah. And then the ending, like the very, very ending we have issues with whatever, the final like shot. But the the way his story resolves, I was just so beautiful and like earned. And I just really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, I love this movie. I hope people go out and see it because it is it is amazing.
1: Yeah, I was like, I I was a little less uh, emphatic about it than you were, but I really liked it, um, and I agree that I think m- like everyone should try and go see this because this is what we want to encourage. Yeah, you know kind of a shoestring budget, but really well made. Uh, I my like the only thing that I I didn't love necessarily is that while I I like that they actually focus on the characters, I still wish there was more with the characters. So mm. which and it's not it's not too long it's like 2 hours which is perfect but yeah i i agree with you when like when godzilla's on the screen it's very visually entertaining but it's like i like the the relationships that develop i think need a little more they need a little more to kind of really get get fully built um and yeah there's some weird choices at the end but i i'm not really considering those um in in my like review of it i think it's it's absolutely a good time. Um, it's best enjoyed on a on a big screen for sure. So please go go see this one while it's out. Go double yeah. f- double feature with the holdovers and get just like the most
0: <laughs> the most tonal dissonance you could possibly find. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I yeah I still love it. And I want to mention too, like I think this is a cool and this is not uncommon with Godzilla, like old Godzilla, I should say. Godzilla now is again the American version, kind of a meme, but like Japanese Godzilla has initially started as kind of a critique of the Japanese government and other things like that. And this movie goes there. It's like, Hey, like during this time, Japan was pretty fucked up and I appreciate them. Like just like talking about that. Cause it, I mean, it educates us who don't know as much. Um, but yeah, like Godzilla's movie is, is an, an allegory, right? He's not actually just a monster. Like this is not a monster. So movie. This is a allegory for war.
1: That, that is something that like threw me a little bit because it's uh, like Godzilla in like, you know, old like in the old movies, like the, from the 50s, Godzilla mm-hmm. is a metaphor for the bombs. But they, in the
0: very, very first one. Yeah. Before like yeah. Mothra and Mechagodzilla get, uh, you know, introduced. Yeah. The original mostly, Godzilla is like yeah. the best metaphor ever made yeah. uh, for,
1: for a bomb. And it's, it's a little like it's interesting to see that kind of like this is the aftermath of the bombs. And well, then okay, so that's why I want Godzilla to. I, I don't up. know.
0: I don't know if the atomic bombs were actually dropped on Japan in this movie. They said there were air raids and that like destroyed Tokyo, but I don't think. Like again, I want to get into spoilers <laughs> because I want people to go see sure. this movie. But like, uh, something happens where Godzilla mutates due to a bomb, but I don't think bombs were actually dropped on Japan. Okay, so atomic you, you bombs. Think I think is Godzilla like- is the atomic bomb essentially. Okay, I see. I see. I think it's a little bit unclear but
1: it, yeah it, it doesn't necessarily need to be like yeah super cuz that's the point it's not hand fed but yeah I I could I could see that maybe it is like this is the end but this is before still like the
0: bombs are still coming so I I, I think this is like an alternate timeline where like okay I don't think this is like a you know historical <laughs> obviously but like yeah. it's historical in the fact like up into like in real life the U.S. dropped two bombs on on Japan. In in this telling of history, you know, there was just they lost, but there wasn't actually an atomic bomb used. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, whatever things happened. in the movie. But um, yeah, just, just one last thing I want to say about with the the action, like like we we're saying, even though we were kind of like a little bit frustrated, like oh, Godzilla's back, I want to see more characters. Like every time Godzilla was on screen, he pushed the character story forward. Like the mm-hmm. the actions of Godzilla pushed the character in a new direction or to a new thing. And like it was never just like for fan service, right? Um, and that's not something you can say about <laughs> the American Godzilla movies. That's pretty much all just CG Mumbo Jumbo fan service stuff, right? And it's like I can't imagine myself watching those now. It's like, we have Godzilla Mice, well, one, what are you doing with Godzilla X Kong? You know, this is uh, New Kingdom, or whatever the fuck.
1: Yeah, this is the first Godzilla property I've I've seen. So um, the bar set pretty high. I think I, I kind of want to go watch the original, like the, you
0: yeah, know, 19,
1: 1950s Godzilla. Maybe we'll work that in, in, at some point in the future, wink, yeah. wink. Um, but like, it doesn't cause the, the Americanized versions is that take place in like New York. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> the, the metaphor doesn't hold really. So yeah. I maybe like Mothra could work for New York if if you think of other certain things from the past. But it just it resonates so much differently for Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any interest to watch the Godzilla versus Kong Godzilla X (laughs) Kong nonsense. Ain't nobody paying attention to the dark universe or whatever they're calling it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, go see this movie. It is. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Um, before we end, break out a little book review. You want to yeah. Throw
1: in? I'm going to throw in some book review on
0: you because <laughs> I'm a book guy. I read three books this year.
1: That's like a new record. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. I, I read one book and then I read uh, books one and two in a series. So uh, I already talked about Legendborn born like forever ago when I managed oh, yeah, yeah. to mm-hmm. read it. Um, this, so this is for my book club that I'm in. Um, yeah. I'm super official. Uh, we read, The first book is called Fourth Wing and the second book is called Iron Flame. And the premise is kind of like a combination of Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. So like it's it's dragon centric with like students at this at this war college. Um, I've been told it's not young adult fiction because there's a lot of sex uh but for for me it's like it reads kind of like a lot of those YA yeah. books like your Percy Jackson like your Harry Potter mm. uh and it it's it's really fun it's really good to read outside of there are you know a feel a few pretty pretty graphic uh intimate scenes which
0: mm-hmm.
1: this book wasn't written for me and i understand that <laughs> um but like the storyline and everything is is very compelling um and just kind of fun to read. So yeah, if you like, I I don't know, I give them both like a, both of the books are a pretty firm thumbs up. So if you're looking for kind of that, that energy that you got from Harry Potter or Percy Jackson, um, but now you're an adult. So like sex and death (laughs) is okay to have in books. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Check out fourth wing. Check out iron flame. They're both very good. I just finished iron flame earlier today. I got a lot of thoughts that I'm going to dissect that book club.
0: Hell yeah. Love to hear it. Um, I, you know what I'm going to say was one of the last thing too. I, right. I was going to hold off cause I'm making a video about it, but, um, I finished a video game today called the cosmic wheel sisterhood. Um, I was talking about this weekend. Um, it's a game where you play as a witch that got exiled from her coven. Um, because she's a fortune teller, she saw in the future that coven was going to uh, fall apart, and her boss is like, "Well, fuck you, you're going to be exiled." Um, and I just absolutely loved it. Um, Perk, I don't know if you played a lot of narrative games or if you have ones where you can make decisions. Um, if, if you're talking like more towards the like Telltale type narrative, yeah. uh, not
1: a lot of experience outside of Telltale.
0: Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm not a massive narrative game guy or like visual novel guy i played a couple but as far as narrative stuff with this i think of like the witcher 3 where like you can have like two options to say in like a conversation or like telltale i guess um but this game is all about choices and it's i i really really felt like every choice i made mattered and affected the plot which like is not easily said in video games like Perk and I were talking about how Telltale feels like... It feels like you have a choice, but at the end there's like two options. And it's like, okay, not everything actually mattered here. Um, But in this game, I just... I absolutely adored it. I thought all of the characters were super compelling. The art is incredible. The soundtrack is insane. It is like lo-fi beats, but like way more emotional. Okay. And I just adored it. Um, And yeah, I'm going to make a video about it, so I'm not going to go too much more. But... um, yeah, if you want like a really cool narrative game with really impactful choices, and you like kind of witchy cozy vibes, cannot recommend enough the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. Uh, check it out. And where can
1: we find that video? Uh,
0: it'll be on my personal YouTube channel, Jacob underscore the Beard. Hopefully, coming out in January. Uh, if I can get it done uh, quickly, but um, yeah, look out for that. Um. But that is our show for this week. Thank you everyone for watching our little extra long one here. Um, next week we are going to be following Albert Finney, who played like one of a lot of the guys in the duelist looked the same, and I was very confused on who was who in some of the side characters. Yeah, he was one he, of the guys. I don't know. He was the <laughs> like the colonel who struck him off the list, right? I think that's right. Maybe I I don't know. A lot I don't of, like know. there was a guy who also looked just like Dubert, and it's like anyway. But Albert Finney's who sort are of following. We're yeah. going to the original Murder on the Orient Express, the 1974 one, not the Kenneth Branagh modern remake, the 1974 Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, the,
1: the first American film adaptation of Murder on the Orient Express.
0: And you can watch that on Fubu or Canopy, and you can also rent it. So uh, next week, the 74 Murder on the Orient Express on Fubo, Canopy, and Rent. And until then, thanks for watching. Bye. Bye bye.